How we thank you for your grace. <clears throat> How we thank you for your mercy. Thank you for bringing us together again to worship your name. And we still got to praise, Lord. We trust you. We're determined that we're going to rely and lean on you all of our days. Thank you for your goodness and grace. Thank you for our families and loved ones. Many of us have suffered loss, but it could have been worse. You've been good to us, and you're worthy of our praise. Would you help me give God praise, please? Hallelujah. 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 Be with us now as we delve into your word. Speak to our hearts. Energize us and fill us with your spirit. Manifest yourself in a special way. Let the service be blessed and the word be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank God. As you take your seats, just clap your hands and give praise. I'm glad to see you. I never knew I could miss a bunch of folk as much as I have missed you. Who would have expected that West Angeles congregation would go through the challenging times that we've gone through? But can we say that we've really gone through it? And how many of you are glad you're still here? Thank you for being you, the most wonderful congregation on the face of the earth. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your faithfulness. Would you give yourselves a hand? <clears throat> Let's clap our hands for Lady May Blake. She's my darling birthday girl. And it's a joy to wish her a happy birthday. Another wonderful year that the Lord has blessed us to have loved one another and lived together. And the Lord has blessed us to see this day on by his grace. And thank you, Bishop Kirkland, my dear friend. Would you wave at us? I have to acknowledge him. He's a bishop in the AME Church. And Longtime friend of West Angeles and a sometimes guest preacher at West A. It's about time for another sermon from Bishop Kirkland, too. And we appreciate him and his love and his faithfulness to us. Could we give him a rousing applause? So this has to be a special day, Lady May's birthday. And I was just witness to all of you how wonderful she is to me and what a special blessing she is to West Angeles Church of God in Christ. I'm going to read the scripture. You may remain seated. I have several scriptures that I would like to read, and then we're going to go into a word focusing on the power to get up. Would you say those words after me, please? The power <clears throat> to get up. Would you say it one more time? The power, power. to get up. Psalm 14 and 5. Let's read that scripture. The Lord upholds all who fall 
and raises up all who are bowed down. I beg your pardon, that's the one that's Psalm 145 and 14. The Lord upholds all who fall and raises up all who are bowed down. And also in Proverbs 24 and 16, for a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again, but the wicked shall fall by calamity. One more verse, Romans 8 and 11, but if the spirit of him who raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he who raised up Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And finally, in 1 Corinthians 15 and 20, <clears throat> but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The power to get up. Would you tell your neighbor you've got the power <clears throat> to get up? Wildlife documentaries probably inter inter interest me more than any other category of television entertainment. The vast variety of animal life on the earth, in the water, in the air, keeps me in constant amazement. I have a very wide variety of wildlife videos, and looking at them is one of the ways I spend my leisure time looking at those wildlife videos. When I'm not looking at Lady May, I'm looking at wildlife videos. The African wildebeest, or the wild ox, is one of the most numerous of all the animals. The nearest I can come to describing a wildebeest is to say that they resemble a cross between a horse and a cow. Their migrations are extremely impressive as they move across the continent of Africa. Nothing stops them as they obsessively move toward their destination. Young wildebeest are born in a very dynamic and unpredictable circumstance. Very soon as they are born, they must get up on their feet and they've got to start moving as soon as they're born. This is the case because they've got to stay with the herd and even their mothers will not stay with them if they cannot keep up with the herd. It's also necessary for them to get up, not only because they've got to keep up with the herd, but also they've got to get up because of their vulnerability. Hyenas, lions, ravenous beasts, predators, all of these animals of prey follow the herds, seeking young wildebeest as their primary prey. Unless they get up quickly after being born, and learn how to run, they will not survive. Unless they get up, they cannot reach that part 
of their mother's body from which they gain nourishment. Unless they get up, insects and disease will invade their bodies, making them sick and even killing them. And so it's so important that they get up. Help me talk to your neighbor. Tell him it's so important that they get up. Now the act of getting up is a very great struggle for the young wildebeest. Seconds after their very brutal birth, they're trying to get their long, thin, weak legs to support their first attempt to get up and walk. Are you still with me? No extra charge for that television exposure. Clap your hands and praise God. The responsibility and the initiative have got to come from the young wildebeest. Their mothers cannot lift them up. Their mothers cannot carry them. Their mothers cannot give them power or strength. They've got to have the will and the strength on the inside. Isn't it amazing how they fall several times? But each time they fall, they're trying again to stand wobbling back and forth until they finally succeed. At that point, their mothers lead them away because beasts of prey, by their keen smith sense of smell, would be drawn to their birthplaces. So everything is dependent upon their getting up. Say that after me, everything is dependent <clears throat> upon their getting up. Well, let's talk about human beings for a while. For human beings, the process takes much longer, but it is just as necessary that we get up and walk at a certain stage as it is that they get up and walk at a certain stage. The earlier we walk, the easier we do this, and the more positive our situation becomes. Physically, those who do not walk are greatly handicapped, greatly disabled. Those who do not walk have their options greatly limited. Sometimes this disability to walk is a birth defect. At other times, it's a result of an accident or a violent attack or a disease that might strike them. And in some cases, it's a result of a choice or a habit. But whatever the cause, the, the result, is that they are crippled. And it's one thing to fall. It's another thing altogether to fall and not to be able to get up. To fall and be crippled for the rest of your life. The unfortunate fact, however, is that there are those who fall and they are crippled by the fall. There are those who are physically crippled, but there are also those who are crippled in many ways. And there's more than one way and one area of life in which you can be crippled. There are those who are physically crippled, but there are also those who are crippled in other ways. One might say that our world is crippled. We've traveled so far from the cave in crude stone tools. We've learned how to write and make beautiful music, but our world 
is crippled. Somehow we cannot get up out of our prejudice and hostility and our violence and our brutality and we still value material things over people and pleasure over real love and an individual can be crippled. He can be relationally crippled. He can be emotionally crippled. He can be morally and spiritually crippled. And somehow life conspires to cripple us and to separate us from the anchor of our souls. Him in whom we live and move have our being. We can be separated from the anchor and the foundation of our life. Jesus would have us say that our spirits are dying because they need the spirit of God to sustain them. And so we are crippled physically, lame and cannot get up. In John 5 and 5, we find the following words. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition for a long time, Jesus said to the man, do you want to be made well? Ask your neighbor, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered and said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool where the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. And Jesus said to him, Rise, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Anybody here got faith to rise up out of your predicament, move up a little bit higher, get rid of the things that are holding you back, holding you down, you have the power to get up. Come on, tell your power, you have the power. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Some think it's strange that Jesus would ask the man, do you want to be made well? And if I had been there, or possibly even you, might have been so unthinking as to say, Jesus, the man's been waiting for 38 years. Why are you asking him, does he want to give up? Yes, he wants to get up. Don't you know the man wants to get up? Well, everybody who's down does not really want to get up. It may have been that the man had grown accustomed to his infirmity. And when you become accustomed to your infirmity, then you sometimes just settle and you make no effort to do any better, to rise any higher, to get along any further in life. It may have been that the man wanted to be with his infirm friend that he'd been sitting with for 38 years, talking and complaining, fussing and being negative, but not making any effort to rise up out of his predicament. It may have been that the man had given up, had no hope and no more faith. And if getting up was going to place too many responsibilities on the man, Jesus wanted to know do you want to be well? Do you want to get up? You may love picking up your assistance so that you don't have to work. You may enjoy so much the benevolence and kindness that folks extend to you because you can't walk. But listen, I want to know, do you want to be made well? Listen, in whatever area you are crippled, 
you've got to believe that you can get up. I said, in whatever area you're crippled, you've got to believe I can get up out of this. And somebody in the house on today, I wish you would make up your mind, I'm not going to leave here like I came. I'm going to be better than I was. I'm going to be capable. I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to be saved. Come on, clap your hands and thank God for what he's going to do. Every person in this room is fighting a battle with pessimism. So many have tried and cannot with their present resources get up out of their present predicament. And they look at their circumstances and they ask, is there any hope for me? Is there any help for me? Have you ever thought about the prospects of the day or the prospects of the future and wish that you could just stay in bed forever? You think about the world, the little chick was born into the world, opened the little shell, stuck his head up out of the shell, looked to the north and, and the south and the east and the west and reached back up and pulled the shell back together again and said, I don't want to be born in a world like this. There are some people who feel in that way, but how many of you know life can be better and you will not leave here like you came? In whatever area you're crippled, you've got to believe you can get up. You've got to want to get up. Have you ever thought about the prospects of the day and wish you did not have to face the day? Listen, you cannot sleep your way through life. No matter how hard you try, you're going to be defeated. You're going to be destroyed unless you get up and fight for good and for right and for survival. You don't have to surrender. You don't have to surrender to defeat in any area of your life. Your, your neighbor needs that testimony. Tell them you don't have to surrender to defeat in any area of your life. No matter how wounded you may be, no matter how crippled you may feel, you can get up on today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost, held a council in heaven. The issue of the council was to understand and to deal with man's inclination to surrender to the various forces that confronted him in life. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, what can we do that man is so surrendering and so turning away from the battle and the struggle, giving up so very easily and failing, failing to trust. Well, the council determined that if the Son of God would come to earth as a man and endure and overcome the greatest test that a man could have, then men might believe that the Son of God could help them in the midst of their test. So they took an inventory of the greatest and most powerful en enemies and it was determined that Jesus Christ was the enemy who could come against the force of death and power that came against us. Jesus determined that Jesus Christ would stand and die on a cross and rise again from the dead. That if he would do that, then man would have faith enough to believe that he could win the fight. Death had reigned over men, but death had walked into the palace 
just as readily as into the shack of the poor man. Death had defeated the strong and the mighty as easily as he had defeated the weak, the young, the old, rich, the poor, all had to bow down before him. And Jesus came along and issued the challenge to death and said, destroy my body. And in three days, I will rise again. Hallelujah. And so Jesus came all the way from heaven down, hung on the cross with nails in his hands and nails in his feet. He died on that cross for you and for me. He died just as the prophets had said that he would die. And in Isaiah 53 and 4, the Bible says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded. Oh, my praise God. Hallelujah. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. But the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to slaughter, and as a sheep before his shearers, shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Jesus took the worst that death had to offer, and then he rose up on the third day morning. I said he took the worst that death had to offer. And then on the third day, he grabbed death by the collar and shook death until death turned him loose. And he stepped forth and said, I've got the keys to death, to hell, and the grave. Death, where's your sting? Grave, where's your victory? Jesus gained the victory over death. And if Jesus could conquer death, Jesus can conquer every other enemy. Do you have any rivers that you think are uncrossable? Do you have any mountains that you can't tunnel through? God specializes in doing impossible things. When you tell your neighbor God specializes in doing impossible things. Has anybody in the house ever had God to do an impossible thing? You did not think there was any way out. But God stepped in took control of your situation, and God did the impossible. If he's ever done an impossible thing for you, clap your hands and give praise to God. <clears throat> First Corinthians 15 and 20 says, But now is Christ risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And listen, this lets me know that you may be down and out. You may be flat on your back, but you have the power to get up. Just keep on getting up. I don't care what's been knocking you down. Just keep on getting up. You're not down until you stay down. You're not out until you stay out. Don't stay out because you've been knocked down. Just climb back in the ring and get back in the fight and overcome the fight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sometimes the devil will think he had you. But listen, if Jesus is on your side, you've got to win. 
decide you can get up more frequently and the enemy can knock you down. All you have to do is get up one more time and you're knocked down and you'll be on your feet. I said all you have to do is get up one time more and you're knocked down and you'll be on your feet. Hallelujah. Muhammad Ali used to have a special technique of beating his enemies. He let his enemies think they had him almost out. He would play rope-a-dope on them and lay around on the ropes and throw a little block here and a little block there and then in the last round he'll step out of that rope-a-dope and he'll start fighting and hit the enemy with all of his might and overcome and retain the championship. Child of God, the devil may hit you, but stay in the ring and stay in the fight. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the end of the earth, neither faint nor is he weary. He gives power to the weak. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall, I tell you, shall renew your strength. The apostle Paul said, I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I may face emotional change. I may face economic change. I may face change of sickness. I may face change of sin. But I'm going to hold on anyhow. I know God will bless me to overcome. The apostle Peter was locked in jail. He was slated to be executed on the next day for being a witness to Jesus Christ. The saints were praying for him and concerned about his welfare. And while they were all praying, while the saints were standing by in prayer, an angel showed up at midnight in the prison, touched Simon Peter, woke him up, and said, Simon Peter, get up. Simon Peter might well have said, I'm locked in chains. I'm locked in jail. I'm locked with prison doors. And there's nothing I can do. Why should I get up? But no, he didn't say that. Simon Peter heard the voice of the Lord say, get up. And he stood up on his feet. And when he stood up, his chains fell off. Child of God, when you stand up, your chains will fall off. The Lord will make a way for you. God will bring you up and bring you over. So keep on getting up until you stay up. I'm ready to close. But the prodigal son had lost everything. He had lost his wealth. He lost his friends. He lost his future. He could not even get his friends to give him some food or to give him some help. He was so hungry, he almost started eating with the pigs. But while he was thinking about his predicament, while he was thinking about the fact that he had turned his back on his father and walked away when he came to himself.
He said, even my father's servants have bread enough and to spare, and I'm perishing out here. I don't have any food. I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you. Just let me work for you. You don't have to let me be your son anymore. Just let me work for you. The father, young man, was making up his mind that this is what he was going to do. His father had come way out on the front porch, looked off in the distance. I believe he did that every once in a while. But this particular day, he looked out in the distance. He saw a figure coming in his direction. The figure was struggling to walk. He was half dead. He would have perished with hunger, but his father saw him. And when his father looked out and saw him, he said, my son is trying to make it home. He ran to the son, put his arms around him, and carried the boy back home, called for a celebration. He lifted him up on his feet, and God brought him back to a higher level of success. Listen, if you can't get to Jesus, Jesus can get to you. Tell your neighbor, if you can't get to Jesus, he can get to you. I don't know about you, but I would come back. I would get back in the presence of Jesus. I would call on him and let him be Lord of my life. Hallelujah. He's right here reaching out in this very moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But then the father did something else. The father gave him another chance. I'm so glad that God is a God of another chance. Come on, tell your neighbor, I'm so glad. God is a God of another chance. He gave the boy another chance, and he's giving you another chance. You can get up. I don't care if it's a physical challenge. You can get up. I don't care if it's an emotional challenge. You can get up. Your friends may have let you down. You can get up. The pandemic may have swept through your home. You can get up, rise up, and go higher. Would you stand up and praise God? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All over the room, stand on your feet and give God praise. Give him praise. Give him praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. I'm getting up. I'm going higher by the power of God. In the name of Jesus, I'm claiming the victory. Reach out by faith and reach and get it. And say, in Jesus, I've got victory. Come on and praise him. Stand up all over the room. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This may be your moment for your miracle. This may be the time 
that the Lord would deliver you and set you free. I was in the drugstore the other day. What's the name of that drugstore? CL. CVS. And uh, got a few things and walking toward the door and two members of the church walked up and gave a report that one of them had just been diagnosed with cancer and she wanted prayer and I stopped right in the middle of the drugstore <laughs> prayed for her and they called the other day to say the test came back negative God had done the work I just wish somebody would testify and say, my test will come back negative. Say it again, my test will come back negative. Say it again, my test will come back negative. God's going to meet that need. I will not be evicted. My home is my home. And God's going to bless me to have a home that's comfortable and adequate. Come on, clap your hands and praise God for what he's going to do. God wills that I should prosper and be in hell, even if my soul prospers. Would you just lift your hands and say, it's going to be all right. Oh, tell God one more time, it's going to be all right. In the name of Jesus, clap your hands and praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for your word. Thank you for your power. Thank you for the miracle working might of your spirit. Thank you for what you have done and what you are doing. We are not going to cry defeat, but we're going to cry victory. Come on, say, I've got the victory. And one more time, I've got the victory. Come on, praise God for victory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to pray for somebody who might not know Jesus Christ. If you're not saved, if your sins are not forgiven, you came to the house of the Lord. You just came because you wanted to be in the place where God in a special way is and where God manifests himself. And you came and you did not know you were going to get a word on how you can rise up and overcome the challenges that face you in life. And you just want to say, preacher, pray for me. I want my sins forgiven. I want to be sure that things are well between me and the Lord. Lift your hand if you would say, Preacher, pray for me. I need a special miracle. Pray for me. Lift that hand if that's you. Thank you, dear Lord, for the miracle. Thank you for your power, your might. Thank you for the manifestation of yourself. Thank you for what you're doing in the life of your children, healing their body, taking away disease, healing them from illnesses and diseases and sicknesses and trouble. Dear Lord, we praise you for your 
miracle working power. Thank you for what you've done. And if you believe in God for a miracle, clap your hands and say, thank you, Lord. 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 I'm also led to pray for those who may not know Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're not sure of your salvation,